Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ah, Switzerland. We know it for its majestic alpine scenery the most well-loved chocolate brands, and a famous Swiss railway clock. But do you know what else you can find here? A bank where corrupt politicians and organized criminals hid their dirty money. That's what dozens of media organizations under a group called Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, or OCCRP, have discovered after months of analyzing a massive amount of data that was leaked more than a year ago. They call it the Swiss Secrets. I'm Izali Puma Podcast. In this episode of Teka Teka, I'll take you behind the scenes of Switzerland's very secretive private banking world. The Swiss Secrets is an investigation into Credit Suisse. Switzerland's second-largest bank and one of the world's wealthiest. Basically, journalists found that Credit Suisse handled billions of dollars for shady clients. If that storyline sounds too familiar, it's because you've heard it over and over again. The Panama Papers, the Pandora Papers, they're all about how dirty money moves through the global financial system. Anyway, to get to the story behind Swiss Secrets, I spoke to Tom Stocks, senior investigator at the OCCRP. Tom is a journalist investigating cross-border money laundering networks and transnational corruption. He also provides research, analytical, and training support to OCCRP's network of journalists. We discovered accounts belonging to dozens of highly problematic clients, and they include people like politicians from developing countries with millions of dollars, the children of dictators, people who are accused of corruption and bribery, criminals who've been convicted of money laundering, spy chiefs who are implicated in torture, including some who helped the CIA torture terrorism suspects after 9-11, drug traffickers and human traffickers even. The data was leaked more than a year ago to the German newspaper Süddeutsche Zeitung by an anonymous source. It had details of more than 18,000 credit Swiss accounts from the 1940s to 2010 that held roughly 100 billion U.S. dollars. The information includes the account number, the name of the holder, the opening and closing dates, and the maximum amount ever present in the account. We spoke to more than a dozen current or former Credit Suisse employees to try to make sense of our findings. And they spoke of a bank culture that prioritized taking risks in order to generate fees and profits. Leaks on Swiss banks are incredibly rare. And that's because the risks of whistleblowing are huge. In Switzerland, if you work in a bank and you leak data, you can go to prison. It could be many years before we have any kind of similar insight into a, into a major Swiss bank. Switzerland has an unforgiving banking secrecy law, making it a crime to disclose client information without consent. 
And what that has also done is made it much harder for journalists and whistleblowers to speak up about wrongdoing. Here's Martin Hilti, the director of Transparency International in Switzerland. We have an anti-money laundering act, and um, this implies um, two duties for um, the banks. These are due diligence and, in the case of suspicion, the reporting duties. Still, not all the banks are respecting the legal due diligence and reporting duties. And, very important, the scope of the Swiss Anti-Money Laundering Act is too narrow. It is mostly limited to financial intermediaries, which means important other risky activities aren't covered by the Act. Credit Suisse has denied all allegations and said it's, quote, an effort to discredit the bank in the Swiss financial marketplace, end quote. The bank also said it has taken a series of significant additional measures over the last decade to combat financial crime. But Tom Stocks of the OCCRP is not convinced. It's not really a good defense to say this is historical. I think it's relevant to talk about these things today. And indeed, lots of these accounts in our Swiss secrets data still remained open well into the last decades, including some of the more problematic ones. If Credit Suisse acted wrongly in accepting some of these more problematic clients, that can't be explained by a single bad apple who worked in the bank or a particular regional director. The problematic clients come from every corner of the globe. And yes, there were Filipino names in the Swiss secrets. The middleman and former aide of corrupt dictator Ferdinand Marcos managed to open a Swiss account under her name eight years after being convicted for helping Marcos launder money. Helen Rivilla and her husband Antonio had separate credit Swiss accounts from 2000 to 2006, which held more than 8.3 million francs in total or about 463 million pesos in today's exchange rate. The list also includes Stefan Sederholm, a Swedish technician who was jailed for life in the Philippines in 2011 after running a cyber sex den where online customers could watch live stream sex acts. Even after his conviction, Credit Suisse did not freeze or close his account until 2013. These are the countries with the most number of names in the leak. Venezuela, Egypt, Ukraine, and Thailand. Notice a pattern? As the Nobel laureate Joseph Stieglitz wrote, it is countries like Switzerland that are the key enablers of kleptocracy in developing nations. Here's Tom again. You know, why is it that a major Swiss bank could accept customers who looted public money from Venezuela? Why were intelligence chiefs who were known to be, you know, implicated in torture being allowed to open bank accounts in Zurich. Some of them are globally famous people. So for example, King Abdullah II, the current King of Jordan, we found that in 2015, he held more than 230 million in a single bank account. And that same year, Jordan accepted around 2 billion in development aid from overseas. So his wealth in this bank account alone was equivalent to 10% of Jordan's entire development aid budget that year. Ultimately, Credit Suisse is just one cog in the wheel. Tom says the whole Swiss banking system needs to change. Credit Suisse is currently on trial criminally in Switzerland for having helped a Bulgarian criminal organization launder drug money. It's very likely that 
the kind of issues that we see arising in Credit Suisse are reflected in, in other banks. You know, this investigation demands answers of Switzerland, of the structural problems, the regulatory gaps that have allowed this system to flourish, the prosecutorial failings, you know, where it, where it comes to cracking down on money laundering. Again, I'm Izzeli. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano and produced by Kat Ventura. For more on offshore accounts and how the wealthy use them to evade taxes, look up the Pandora Papers in this channel. And of course, follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcasts on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maraming salamat po. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.